Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show. Thanks for joining me. I got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be covering the F word, the biggest F word out there, the F word that helps more people with mindset and motivation and methodology of success. That's right. We're talking about the F word called focus. It's time to focus, boys and girls. I've told this story before, and I'll tell it again many years ago. Bill Gates, who had just ascended to be the number one wealthiest man in the world, and the number two wealthiest man in the world, was Warren Buffett. These two giants of industry had no real interest in ever meeting each other. Gates was not that interested in stock market people, and his perception of Warren was that he was a Wall Street guy. And Warren had really no interest in meeting Bill Gates because he really wasn't into technology. Little did they know how much they would have in common, and that actually the two would become the best of friends. Years later, Warren Buffett would take almost 80% of his entire net worth and give it to Bill Gates to give away in the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Well, how did they meet? Bill Gates' mom, who was a real mover and shaker, she decided that her son was running out of peers. He needed to brainstorm and connect with other smart people. And when you are as smart as Bill and as rich as Bill, you start running out of a database to brainstorm with. She decided that Warren Buffett and him should meet. And so she did what all moms do. She cooked dinner. And she invited them both to her home. And so Warren and Bill met, and Bill Gates' dad sits down and start creating the conversation. He slides a a piece of paper, a notepad, if you will, in front of both men and gives them a pen each. And he says, I want you to write down the one word that you attribute to your success. Now, you obviously know what the word was, because that's what we're talking about today. But think about this. The two wealthiest men in the world, unsolicited, unprovoked, unprompted, write on a sheet of paper, turn it upside down, and slide it back across the table to Bill Gates' dad. And he reads out the word that both men had said was the reason for their success. And it was the F word. It was focus. So if the two wealthiest men in the world say this is what helped them become successful, wouldn't it be a good idea to go and learn from them? And so very, very powerful indeed. And so that changed a lot of things for me. When I heard that one word, and I've I've seen documentaries now on Bill Gates, I've seen documentaries on Warren Buffett, and they always come back to focus. So we're going to talk about it today, because obviously it is such an important ingredient to success. The absence of this is one of the reasons why people are not successful. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to cover three things today, as we always do. The first is the enemy of focus. We're going to build out the problem, and we're going to discover why we're not as focused as we need to be. I'm going to sell you. I'm going to persuade you today on the benefits of focus. And then we're going to, as always, get into the how-tos of how to be more focused. Let's dive in. Focus by definition, it's the center of interest or activity. The center of interest or activity. 
or to become concentrated into a sharp beam of light or energy. It's interesting as we talk about that. You know, if you take light, it can light up a room. But if you concentrate the light, it can be a laser, a laser that can cut steel, a laser surgery that cuts and pierces. The same light, when focused, can be so much more powerful. We all have access to the same electricity. The electricity is life. The electricity is our, our physical bodies, our mental bodies, the opportunities that we have. We all have access to the electricity. But what do we do with that power? Those that focus it, they live their life like a laser. And some, like a dimly lit lamp in a dark living room. Can't understand why they're not being more successful. So focus, that's the key. A concept that follows closely behind focus is the idea of concentration. What does it mean to concentrate? It's to increase the strength or proportion of a substance or solution. Or it's to focus one's attention on a particular object or activity. Let me ask you a question. Do you lack focus? Are you easily distracted? Are you working on many things at the same time? Well, we're going to talk about all these things today because these things are the enemy of focus, which means they're the enemy of your success. They're the enemy of what you believe to be your purpose. They're the enemy of the good life that you're hoping for. The enemy of focus is, there's three enemies. There's distraction, there's multitasking, and then the very powerful and passive one called drift. And this is something we address in our coaching program all the time. So distraction, multitasking, and drift. Distraction in our world today is the unfortunate norm. According to a recent survey, Inc.com did, nearly three out of four workers, approximately 70%, admit they feel distracted when they're on the job, with 16% asserting that they're almost always distracted. The problem is even greater for millennials and Gen Zers, with 74% feeling distracted. I have millennial kids and I have Gen Z kids. One of the things I find kind of interesting with them is, let's say we sit down and watch a movie, and they'll often ask me, Dad, what's one of your favorite movies? Okay, and they've never seen The Godfather Part Two, So we'll sit down to watch the movie, and at critical times in the movie, I'll look over to kind of share, to have that knowing glance of that shared experience, and they're scrolling through Instagram, or they're scrolling through something, and I have to rewind. So finally, I've gotten to the point where my kids know, great, they love sitting down watching the old movies with Dad, but they can't have their phones. Because if we're going to lock in, we're going to lock in. If we're going to watch a movie, we're going to experience it together. I'm not going to be backing up a movie every 30 seconds, literally, because they were scrolling on their phone and missing it. I've seen the same thing when I brought my kids to travel. We were in Europe a couple of years ago, going through London. It was their first time in London. And there's so many amazing sights and things to see in London. It's a, it's a city with so much history and such a modern city at the same time. And the amount of times, the first day out, where we're touring around that they're on their phone, they're missing. Oh, that was Big Ben. What? What? Where? Where? Because their nose was in the phone. Day two, I buried those phones. I'm like, ma'am, we didn't pay all this money to come to London so y'all could watch. Go home. Go home and check out Instagram. Go and Snapchat your way if you want. We're watching Big Ben. Here's Winston Churchill. Here's Westminster Abbey. Here's the Houses of Parliament. Here's history. Here's Buckingham Palace. Again, I am not just want to be the old guy shouting, get off my lawn. But here's the thing. Distraction means you miss out on life. Distraction means you miss what's there. You know, sometimes I'll share a movie or a movie clip at an event to make a point. 
And people will go, man, I never saw that. And the reason they never saw it is they weren't really looking. And so distraction is the unfortunate norm. UC Irvine study shows that people compensate for interruptions by working faster. But this comes at a price. Even the briefest interruptions can double a worker's error rate. So guess what? Not only are we not focused, but to make up for the lack of focus, people are working faster. Oh, by the way, with all the people working from home in recent months and years, and there's more distraction, kids and dogs and this and that and the other. Oh, my goodness. So distraction, it's a huge problem. It dilutes our concentration. It dilutes our energy. One of the great teachers on this subject is Daniel Goldman. Daniel Goldman is the man who introduced to the world the concept of emotional intelligence, EQ, as he called it, over IQ. And if you want to back up all the way to episode 14, we had Daniel Goldman at our next level event called Peak Experience. And uh, we did a couple of sessions together. What a remarkable guy. And uh, so episode 14 of the Brian Buffini Show, you can hear many of his great thoughts. But he wrote a brilliant book called Focus, The Hidden Driver of Excellence. One of his principles, he said, mindlessness in the form of mind wandering may be the single biggest waster of attention in the workplace. The great Bruce Lee, who said, sincere thought means thought of concentration. He called it a quiet awareness. The thought of a distracted mind cannot be sincere. Oh my, powerful stuff. The next dynamic after distraction is what do we do? Not only are we working faster, then we're multitasking. And we've learned to multitask. Why? Because we can have the TV on with the ballgame. We can have the iPad on with the office. And then we can be scrolling our social media all at the same time and none very well. Harvard Business Review showed that multitasking decreases productivity by 40%. Now, it gives you the adrenaline rush to feel like you're getting a lot of things done. You're just not getting a lot of things done well, in detail, with exercised focus. It's instead of the laser, it's the lamp, and we're missing out. That same Harvard Business Review study showed that there's a 10% drop-off in your IQ while multitasking. Now, speaking of IQ, the woman with the highest recorded IQ in history is Marilyn Voss Savant. Now, imagine that her name is Savant, and she is one. Kind of crazy. And she says, multitasking arises out of distraction itself. So one of the ways you know you're multitasking is because you're distracted. A definition of multitasking is screwing up several things at once, all at the same time. Fabulous stuff. So there's distraction and there's multitasking. So let's cover the last enemy of focus, and that's drift. And this has been something I've taught on for many, many years. This is actually, I believe, the biggest reason to have a personal coach for your business. This is the reason to have a personal trainer for workouts. Drift is this passive, momentary, day-by-day, small divergence from discipline and you miss this discipline on day one and then you miss it again on day two and then you miss it on day three and the next thing you don't really know that you're missing this discipline at all and then you wake up one morning you go how did I get here how how did I get 20 pounds overweight how is it I haven't read a book in 90 days how is it I've stopped listening to the podcast how is it I stopped doing the activities that generate leads How, how is that possible I often say 
that our coaches at Buffini Company do not get the credit they deserve. Their clients look and go, yeah, man, I, you know, here's where my income's grown and here's where my life's gotten better. But one of the things that our typical client doesn't take into account is how many major mistakes they didn't make because the coach kept them from drifting. You see, focus is intentional. Drift is passive. Napoleon Hill said, drifting without aim or purpose is the first cause of failure. Jim Rohn said, here's one problem with drifting. You can't drift your way to the top. I have to get an Irishman in here, the great George Bernard Shaw, and I've quoted this many times at our events. To be in hell is to drift. To be in heaven is to steer. We want to steer you in the right direction. We don't want you to be caught up in distraction and multitasking and drifting. We want you to be an on-purpose person. We want you to be as successful as you're capable of being when you embrace the mindsets, the motivation, and the methodologies of success. So we've identified the problems. We know that there's an enemy of focus. We know the culture and our own habits are the enemy of focus. So now let's get into the benefits of focus and what it does. First of all, it's a magnifying glass. Second, it avoids distractions. And then lastly, it commands your ship. So let's talk about it. The magnifying glass. Again, we're talking about this image of light, the lamp becoming the laser. Focus is a magnifying glass for your thoughts, focusing your attention to create action. It's like the focus sun's rays to create a fire, that magnifying glass, right? Every little boy who ever had the magnifying glass tried to light a fire. In Ireland, we'd have these old roads, and rather than blacktop them, we'd have these concrete roads and that would have these cracks, and they would use black tar as stripes. Well, on any time you got a summer's day in Ireland, you got a bit of heat, you'd be out there with your magnifying glass and trying to get the, the black tar to melt. Okay, It was just the greatest thing because you got to see the, the focus of the sun's rays. And so what we're talking about here with this magnifying glass is ultimately concentrated effort, okay? I, if you ever have heard me talk about a goal, a goal is the end to which all effort is directed. So what's the power or the benefit of focus? It concentrates your effort towards that goal. Alexander Graham Bell, he said, concentrate all your thoughts upon the work at hand. The sun's rays do not burn until brought to a focus. Ogmandino said, it is those who concentrate on but one thing at a time who advance in this world. Powerful, powerful stuff. Can you do it? Look, is it okay if you're working out right now and listen to the podcast? Of course it is, because you're fueling your body and your mind at the same time. But you know, and I know, when we drift into this multitasking, we drift into the distractions, when we give over to it, we take our mind, our most powerful asset, and we make it a liability. Here's the next benefit of focus. It avoids distractions. So here's a couple of tips on this. Find yourself a quiet, clean workspace, especially if you're working from home right now. A quiet, clean workspace. Dedicated time to get high-priority tasks done and then ultimately focused on how quickly you can get back on task after being distracted. Distractions are inevitable. It's just life. Things happen. Phone calls come in. Texts come in. Messages come in. Emails got to be responded to. Interruptions take place. Happens all the time. I've been doing Facebook Lives. I did a series of these during what we called our Five Circle Fit program. And we were having hundreds of thousands of people show up every week. Well, 
I had message after message. I had content after content. And because I, I had to show visuals and big card stocks and so on and so forth, my office started to get more and more cluttered. My kids would watch me. I mean, I, I have lighting equipment in there and I've got all these resources. I got books. I got all these how-tos. I got the five circle fit challenges. And my kids are like, dad's in there all the time cleaning his office. And the reason is I'm trying to create this clean workspace so I can have a quiet, focused mind. Very, very powerful. Robin Sharma said this, an addiction to distraction is the end of your creative production. And that is 100%. I, I have it all the time. It's one of the reasons why it is very hard for me to create content in the office. Now, I have a podcast studio away from the headquarters. It's, it's only maybe 200 yards away. We have four buildings here as part of our Buffini and Company campus. But I had to create a separate space because you can't create when you're being constantly interrupted. You can't create when people go, hey, do you got, you got a minute? Oh, we have this important issue we need to solve. And it doesn't mean those issues aren't important. It doesn't mean that the leadership team didn't need uh, my voice on something. It's just this. When I do that, I don't create. And when I don't create, I'm no longer doing what it is is the highest and best use of my time. So you need that dedicated workspace. You need to figure out what that looks like. You need to get away from the addiction of distraction because it kills your creativity. Creativity is not just producing content or those kinds of things. Creativity in business is more likely finding a solution to a problem, and it requires creative thinking. A great anonymous quote on this is, a distraction is only a distraction if you pay attention to it. By the way, you do pay attention. If you pay attention to a distraction, it is a very high price you pay. It's a lack of focus. It's a lack of creativity. Lastly, we want to talk about the benefits of focus, and that is it commands your ship. Franklin Roosevelt said, to reach a port, we must sail. Sail, not tie an anchor. We need to sail, not drift. Again, sailing, steering, drifting, all the same together. You know, what Franklin Roosevelt was kind of telling us is to get our ship together, okay? Sail, plot a course, build a plan, and sail. Don't drift, sail. You're trying to get somewhere, you sail. Your mind is what sets the sail for your ship, your ship of state, the state of your business, the state of your life, the state of your health, the state of your finances is set by the set of the sail. And that is your focus. That is your mind. And that's where it must be. Jim Rohn said, it is the set of the sails, not the direction of the wind that determines which way we go. Not the direction of the wind. The wind, it could be the, the latest wind of doctrine that the Bible talks about, where the latest philosophy, the latest culture war, the latest trend, the latest crisis, the latest reaction, the latest drama, the latest family problem, the latest, the latest, the latest, distract, distract, distract. It can make you feel busy, but it won't make you productive. Again, George Bernard Shaw, what did he say? To be in hell is to drift. To be in heaven is to steer. We have to do that. So we know that there's the enemy of focus. We know that there's benefits of focus. So here's, as we always do on this show, is we want to give you how-tos. We're committed, mindset, motivation, and methodologies. The goal here is that you're going to do something with the information to improve your business, improve your life, improve your state of mind. So here's how to be more focused. We have three little tips for you. First, do what's called mind dumping. Next, you want to learn the criteria of now, soon, and later. 
And then we're going to give you a gift we've given to many of our clients over the years, the dynamic of a power hour. So my friend, Joe Nego, who you've heard sometimes on the podcast, or if you engaged in any of our training program or been to any of our events. And Joe is a, just a powerhouse guy. He was considered America's best listing agent, a brilliant guy, a, a great friend, and a highly productive guy. And he's shared with me over the years his technique of just mind dumping. And what he's trying to do is get to clarity. So basically, you take a sheet of paper and he puts mind dumping on the top of it. And everything that's in his mind that he's thinking aspirationally, he throws that on the paper. He just writes it down, writes it down. Thoughts he's had, aspirations he's had. And so he's thinking about something in particular. And then he throws down every thought connected to that down on a sheet of paper. He writes in a stream of consciousness. A lot of times when we've done this exercise for people in a seminar, we'll play Baroque-style music to help them relax. It relaxes the entertainment-seeking side of the brain, the right side, entertainment-seeking side of the brain. We've been doing this for 25 years at our events. We've put over 3 million people through the act of goal writing. And they always say, why was it so powerful? Well, we used a technique. A technique a man won the Nobel Prize for. A man named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi who wrote a book called Flow. And in that, he shared, for example, how music can be used, Baroque-style music, to relax the distraction side of your brain, the right side, the entertainment-seeking side of your brain. And so you relax that with the music, allowing the linear logical side to go to work and outflow and a mind dump. So again, we've done this at all of our events. Play soft, classical, Baroque-style music and just mind dump. Throw your ideas down on a page. David Allen said this, your mind is for having ideas, not holding them. So dump out those ideas. Jack Canfield talks about the outcome of it. If you get clear on the what, the how will be taken care of, no doubt. But what happens is we have jumbled up ideas. So we have to write ourselves empty by mind dumping. Then you categorize things into now, soon, later. So we're already getting into, we have these ideas, we have these thoughts, we have these aspirations. Some of them will be big picture, some of them will be small how-tos. You categorize them into now, soon, later. And this is a process. Everybody who writes a goal, for example, will be predisposed. And again, we use this heritage profile in our coaching. Some people are very specific. They think in terms of short term. Some people have spectrum in how they approach goals and that they're kind of mid-range. They're, they're able to look out about 18 months. My wife, she's a global person. So she's always thinking super long-term. On the day our daughter Anna was born, the first thing she said to me as my daughter was placed in my arms is I wonder what she's going to look like on her wedding day. What was I thinking? How the heck are we getting her home? How are we going to get her home? My wife thinks long, long-term. It's very important that when you are setting goals, you need things that are now, you need things that are soon, you need things that are later. And in today's world, I like to think now 30 days, soon 10 months, later up to five years. That's why when I teach goal setting, I normally teach it in those time frames. The great Edmund Burke said, good order is the foundation of all things. So we want to take our mind-dumped thoughts, so just throw spaghetti on the fridge door, and then take them into good order, now, soon, later. Stephen Covey said, the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Very, very powerful indeed. And that leads us then into the application side, which is we have to break it down into winning the day and being specific. If you win the day, you can win the next day. 
You can win the day after that. And so what we do to help people win the day is do what's called a power hour. And we actually have a little sign we've created. In fact, you can go to the com and download one of these power hour signs. You can put it in your office so people go, hey, it's a kind of a do not disturb sign. Power hour in session. What it allows you to do is to go to work on the short-term immediate action steps to gain some momentum. Momentum is the most powerful thing in change. So you need immediate action steps. You take action on those and you start to get some momentum. And then it creates what we call the snowball effect. And it starts to build on top of itself, on top of one another. It's very, very powerful. The power of the power hour is that it's a small segment of time in a smaller unit of time, which is dedicated to a day. The individual day and the power of the day. And I've shared this poem in the past, but this has ultimately been a transformative little rhyme for people. It's a French poem set in Napoleonic times. And it says, For want of the nail, the shoe was lost. For want of the shoe, the horse was lost. For want of the horse, the rider was lost. For want of the rider, the message was lost. For want of the message, the battle was lost. And for want of the battle, the whole war was lost, all for the want of the one shoe nail. What is the one shoe nail? Well, it starts with the power hour, and it starts by winning the day. You just need to win the day. Now, let me give you a recipe for true success. We have been the largest business coaching company in North America for 25 years. So what I'm about to say is built on that criteria. We have seen people win and transform their businesses and lives this way. You don't need to win every hour of the day. You need to win at least one. You don't need to win every day of the week. You just need to win at least four. You don't need to win every week of the month. You just need to win at least three. And you don't need to win every month of the year. You just need to win eight. Great success allows for times where you can be distracted, where you're not at your best, where you have real life or interruptions or distractions or difficulties. But the battle was lost for the one shoe nail is because someone lost track of the individual hour and how powerful it is and each individual day and the value it represents. Let me encourage you in this. If you're in a mountain of debt, it's easy to be overwhelmed and say, I give up. Or you're making a purchasing decision. You're like, hey, putting another couple hundred bucks on a credit card. What's that going to do for me? I'm already so far behind. You see, you've lost track of the one nail. Or maybe your business is not where you want it to be, and I'm telling you to write a couple of personal notes and making a couple of calls to your database or do a pop-by, and you're like, well, what's that going to do for me? My business is just so barren right now. You've lost track of the one nail. Maybe you've put on a bunch of weight, and you go, well, one more piece of pizza is not going to hurt me. That's the individual nail. The individual nail, the single specific power hour that's connected to that decision that can change everything. The fact of the matter is we want to be focused. We want to live a focused life. We have to understand that there's an enemy to focus everywhere. It's on our phones. It's in our media. It's with the people we interact with. The whole world is trying to distract us. We have a say-so in that. We just have to be aware that there's an enemy. We have to be aware that there's serious, serious benefits. If you want to progress in life, if you want to do better in life, if you want to do better in health and relationships and family and business and finance, you have to be focused. And oh, how powerful you are when you focus your mind. And then lastly, we have to command our ship. 
we have to command our ship. I'm reminded of a poem that Nelson Mandela used to recite almost daily for a man to come out of the bondage of prison in Robben Island for 27 years and leave a prison to go and become a president of a country, a country that was deeply divided by racism and hate. And the man united all people. I, I remember being just so impressed when I spoke and did a tour of Africa a number of years ago. And so many of our clients out there, black and white, beloved Nelson Mandela. And this was his credo of his focused mind. It was a poem by William Ernest Henley called Invictus. And it kind of brings together everything we're talking about today with regards to focus. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole. I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Nelson Mandela made a commitment to not drift, but to steer, to be focused instead of distracted. And if he can do it, so can we. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this today. I hope it's been beneficial for you. Let me leave you with a, a little blessing on your way. Let me just say that it's an honor to come to you on a regular basis. I thank you for being a loyal listener to The Brian Buffini Show, and I encourage you to share this message with people you think who would benefit from it. So may the roads rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time. <laughs>